Welcome to Australian Hiker. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 43 of the Australian Hiker podcast, and this week's episode is titled Choosing and Fitting a Backpack. Now, before we go into this week's episode, I'd just like to uh, let you know that Australian Hiker turns one year old in three weeks' time on the 11th of November. Now, we've gone through and uh, set an arbitrary figure on how many podcasts we'd like to actually achieve in our first 12 months, Uh, and we're getting very close to that. Um, so we'd like to sort of boost things along a bit. In this week's episode, what we're actually going to be doing is announcing a keyword. So if you go through and listen to the podcast, we'll tell you what that keyword is at some point. Uh, and if you go to our Facebook page, uh, it'll have the instructions on how to go through and enter this competition. The prizes for this uh, competition uh, for identifying a keyword uh, will be equipment vouchers at Wild Earth, which is one of the larger online stores. Competition is open to people worldwide, uh, and you just have to follow the details uh, to go through and enter. So hopefully uh, people will be encouraged to, uh, to, to take part in this. Now, back to our topic for this fortnight's episode. When we go through and think about hiking and uh, camping or backpacking, one of the most crucial pieces of equipment apart from footwear is our backpack. Uh, and in, in fact, in most cases, when I go for a, a hike, it's very rare that I don't actually have a pack with me. Uh, the only time I don't is on very short walks, probably of sort of under two kilometres, um, and particularly when it's not hot and I've got phone coverage. So it means if anything occurs, it's very easy to get in contact with somebody. So carrying a backpack will uh, certainly be a piece of equipment that is carried on just about every hike that I go through and do. For a lot of people, choosing a backpack becomes quite complex. Uh, there are so many brands and so many models of packs on the market, it's really hard to know what to go through and choose. So this episode is, is aimed at helping you decide what you need to uh, look at when choosing a backpack, and then we'll go through and discuss fitting a backpack as well. Now, I need to own up here uh, and say I'm a bit of a gear freak, uh, and I currently own eight backpacks. Five of these I use quite regularly, uh, and which one I use will really depend on the type of hiking that I'm going through and doing. A a further one pack I'll use probably about once a year, and this is is my biggest pack where where I'm carrying lots of equipment and I need a, a fairly large pack to do so. Uh, And then I've got a couple of packs, which I've had for quite a few years, I don't really use anymore. Uh, And while I've thought of going through and selling these packs, they're quite handy to have uh, just as loaner packs for when we take non-hiking friends uh, hiking. So I'll probably end up keeping hold of these simply because they're just handy to have. And they're a bit old to probably be looking at selling anyway. I'm not sure that you were um, wise in admitting that you had eight packs. I didn't realise that there were that many. (laughs) 
we might have to have a little, little bit of a look at that. <laughs> um, so I tended my buy packs um, based on what's readily available from retail stores rather than cottage manufacturers. And when we're talking about cottage manufacturers, we tend to be talking about small manufacturers that tend to make niche packs, quite often ultralight or specialised packs. I've got no issue with that. the cottage manufacturers. I think they, there are a number of them that, that produce very good products. But I like to be able to go into a store, pick up a pack and say, yep, this is it. I've chosen it. I've done my research and be able to walk out of that store straight away. Um, or if I'm ordering from online, I need to know that I can pick up a pack within a few days. And my current go-to pack, which is my Exos, Osprey Exos 48-litre pack, um, I was I only bought it a few days before my trip, uh, and I needed to know that it was going to turn up in time. So ordering from the states on, or ordering that where from a cottage manufacturer where it may have to be manufactured really wasn't an option. Now there are five considerations you need to think about when choosing a pack, and these are purpose, pack size. Features, and when we're talking about features, we're, in we're including fit and comfort as part of this as well. Cost, and then durability versus weight. And, and in terms of those five things, I, I think the purpose is probably the key one. Spend a bit of time thinking about that. We'll go into this one um, in a moment. But it really does start to influence uh, two, three, four, and five. So in terms of purpose, um, the basic question is, what are you going to be using your pack for? And, um, you know, I think this is a, a combination of things. It's the type of hiking. It's the frequency of the hiking. Uh, it's the gear that you're going to be carrying and so on. One of the traps that uh, you need to be thinking about is trying to get a pack that's going to do everything for you. Um, if you've got a couple of different activities that you're going to um, be doing, it might be possible uh, to pitch yourself somewhere that will accommodate uh, all of those activities, but really be careful about that. So really understand, you know, if it's, if it's short day hikes, uh, if it's infrequent, if it's long hikes, regular you know, all of those sorts of things, and also in terms of the the volume that you're going to be carrying um, and the duration that you're going to be carrying it. And as I said, for me, uh, I'm using five packs reasonably regularly, and this really does dictate. I don't want to carry a 40 or 50 or 60-litre pack just for a short day hike where I've got minimal equipment. Uh, nothing worse than having a pack that's three-quarters empty. It doesn't feel comfortable, and it's a bit of overkill. So I tend to carry smaller, uh, more versatile sort of packs. I think also, you know, the, the, the bigger the pack, the more tendency you have to carry stuff. So we've just gone through and mentioned size, and really that's the next thing we need to look at. And this is where arguments start between hikers. Ideally, you want a pack based around what you carry. And this is a bit of a hard one. If you don't have a pack, you need to get hold of one so you can actually take your gear hiking. But you really don't know what size pack you need until you've got all your equipment. So it's a bit of a catch-22 situation. So I'll give you an example through here. A few years ago, we did the Larapinta Trail, and the, all the websites recommended uh, that you should carry somewhere between a 70 and 80 litre pack. 
So I thought, okay, I, I needed a new pack. I opted for the smaller end of the scale with a 70-litre pack. I actually went out and did a shakedown hike, which is where I took all my equipment that I was planning on carrying, uh, including all the food, just to see what, what I'd end up needing. And the pack was only about two-thirds full. Uh, and this is what forced me to go through and change into a my current pack, which is a, the Osprey Exos 48, which is, for my size, is actually a 51-litre pack. And it managed to, to do that and carry all my equipment for what I needed on that trip. And even the uh, Overland track trip we did earlier this year, carrying seven days' worth of food for myself, um, th- that size pack managed to carry all the equipment quite comfortably. So... Ideally, if you don't know what size pack you need, try to go through and borrow one from a friend to start with um, and see what it's like. What I would also suggest on this sort of situation here is the temptation is to obviously go for the cheapest pack you can find. Now, price is a consideration, and we'll go through and talk about that in a little while, but really buy the pack that suits you and the size pack that suits you Price does come into it, but really it's the size, that, the correct size that you go through and need. Next one we're going to look at is features. There are so many choices in packs, it really does get confusing. Uh, and just to go through and give you a number of things that you can consider when choosing packs. So frame types, internal frame packs versus frameless. We used to have external frame packs, and when I start, first started hiking um, in the, the mid-1970s, um, external frame packs were fairly common. Uh, and these packs were a metal frame that had the actual pack attached to it. You still do see those from time to time, but not so common anymore. It's really the internal frame packs and the frameless packs. The most common type of pack is the internal frames, and this helps to support the gear and to keep it stable on your back. Frameless packs tend to be used in very small packs, or if you're an ultralight hiker, uh, it's not uncommon to have uh, frameless packs, but really it's when you're carrying very small weights. Support. There's a couple of broad categories as far as back uh, back support on your packs. You can either go through and get the foam padding type or probably the best way to describe it is the trampoline mesh. Now, the foam padding is, as it sounds, it's just a a series of foam that actually sits directly in contact with your back. Personally, I'm not a fan of these types of pack. I do own one of them. I just find in hot weather, your whole back tends to sweat. In cooler weather, they're fine. I do tend to prefer the trampoline-style packs. It actually keeps the uh, provides a bit of airflow along your back. It really only has contact at the base of your back and your shoulder blades, um, and otherwise it tends to keep your back fairly dry. But the, there are, like any sort of pack, disadvantages with this style. So when you're carrying very light weights, uh, quite often these packs tend to feel like they're floating a bit. So uh, if you're you're carrying almost a three quarter empty pack. Uh, or you're carrying very light gear, sometimes they're not the ideal sort of pack. But this is the generalization only because there are some very ultralight type packs that have this type of framework as well. Yeah, the trampoline type allows air to flow uh, between the pack and your back. Um, It doesn't actually keep your back completely dry. You will sweat, but nowhere near as much as uh, I think the the foam padding uh, packs. The next main consideration on a pack is the type of access. 
you'll find that a lot of packs will either be a single entry pack where you'll access the pack all from the top. Now with this style of pack, what it means is if you want to get something out from the bottom of the pack, you won't have to, have to take just about everything out to reach down the bottom. So it means when you're going through and packing a pack, you tend to put the things down the bottom that you're not using until the end of the day. Some of the larger packs will often have a dual entry, so you can access the pack from the top, or you can also access it from close to the bottom. Uh, and again, quite often people tend to put their sleeping bags and sleeping mats, and even things like their rain gear, which they may not need uh, 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 to use during the daytime, but can easily access quite quickly. Um, my personal preference, and it really is just a personal preference here, is for a single entry pack up the top because I'll, I will usually have a pack liner, uh, which means whether I've got a dual entry pack or not, it turns it into a, a single entry style mm. pack. So if you're not using a pack liner, the dual entry is not a bad idea, but the benefit of using a pack liner is that you're able to keep your gear um, that extra bit dry um, if it does get uh, rainy. And some brand of packs even tend to have a uh, a front a full front zip that allows you to open the entire front of the pack. So again, personal choices here. I tend to like simple and easy, but again, that's really easy. Uh, it's really a personal consideration. So the next thing to look at is pockets. Now, pockets are great for keeping snacks and cameras and all those other little things in easily accessible places. The number, types, and location of pockets, again, personal preference. Uh, but for me, a lack of pockets will make or break a pack choice for me. The hip belt, and this is the uh, on the pack, this is the thing that tends to carry the bulk of the weight, not the shoulder straps. Um, so having a decent padded hip belt um, that is comfortable um, is, is, is crucial. And just on the hip belts, um, a lot of the hip belts now have are made of uh, memory foam, uh, which means that they'll mould to your shape. Um, you know, that means that it's a little bit hard to uh, borrow uh, modern packs because they might have been moulded to someone else's shape. But, you know, if you think about um, the purchase that you ultimately will be making, that's particularly for women, I think, a, an important um, consideration. And just while we're on that sort of discussion, you can actually buy women on women's only packs. And, and really the difference here is, apart from the colour, which is, again, they often tend to make women's packs in the, the, <laughs> the standard pink or purple colours. There's um, nothing wrong with purple, but, you know. <laughs> I must admit, I would love a purple pack, but they just don't make it in my size. Um, but um, so really women's packs tend to take into account a women's, women's anatomy a bit better and, the, and the, the, straps, the strapping tends to be slightly in a different position, uh, which may suit the female anatomy a bit more. But it's worthwhile if you're a woman to sort of have a look at the women's packs as opposed to the unisex packs. You might find one is better than the other. Attachment points is another consideration. Um, sometimes you want to be able to clip things off in the back of your packs. Again, this is purely a personal preference thing here. I like to have as little as possible hanging off the back of packs. If you're pushing your way through bush and scrub, you don't want to have th loose things hanging off the back of the packs. They just get caught up. Uh, but it really depends, again, on personal preference. Built-in rain covers is another choice. Some packs have built-in rain covers. Some don't. 
Um, uh, if they don't have a built-in rain cover it, and you want to use one, it just means you have to buy a separate rain cover. Um, so it's something to look at or something to consider when you're buying a pack. I must admit, if you're hiking in very wet areas where you're always going to need a rain cover, it may be a consideration. Uh, and last but not least is a built-in hydration sleeve. Uh, most packs these days tend to come with built-in hydration sleeves, not all, uh, which means you can slip your hydration bladder either inside uh, or in some brands of packs outside the pack. Um, really personal preference. If you're not into using hydration bladders, this may not be a consideration for you. So as I said, there are so many different features and functions. Um, ideally, what you need to do is, is to do your research beforehand, work out what is a priority for you and what you really need, and that's going to help narrow the range down. The next consideration is durability. How long do you want a pack to last for? And I often hear a lot of hikers say, oh, look, some of the, lo- the modern packs don't last very long. They're not very durable. My oldest pack at the moment is uh, is 11 years old. Um, it looks in very good condition. It still is in very good condition. And as rough as I am on gear, um, it's it's you know almost new looking at least anyway. Um, so as long as you're not dragging your gear around or being really rough with it or overloading overloading a particular pack, durability is probably not as much of an issue these days. Having said that, we're starting to get a lot of very lightweight uh, packs. And the lighter the weight pack, usually the less durable they're going to be. Whereas the heavyweight, really robust, um, physically heavyweight packs uh, will last for years and years. But the, 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 the downside of that is you're paying by carrying extra weight. So you can see these in the difference between the various packs. So Tim talked about his Osprey Exus. Um, pack. Um, if if you have a close look at the straps and and um, the compartments, um, the fabric, it's it's not as heavy duty. You can see it's not as heavy duty. Um, it's not intended to be because it's intended to be lightweight versus durable. Um, it you know it still takes some decent treatment. Um, but you do need to be careful when you're pulling things tight. Um, you can see that the straps are not as thick and not as durable as other straps on, on the same brand of um, pack. And I must admit, when I've been through both um, uh, Larapenta Trail and on the Overland Track, a lot of the guides that are running guided tours tend to be wearing canvas, heavy-duty canvas packs. And for a lot of these guys, they are car- and girls for that matter, they're carrying a lot of gear. They're carrying heavy-duty first aid kits, satellite phones, extra water, extra food. They're not carrying a typical hiker's weight of gear. So they need something that's going to be able to cope with the physical weight. And the canvas-style packs, as physically as heavy as they are, will, will are, are robust and will take the wear and tear and the weight that they're carrying. Yeah, and the usage as well. I mean, you know, they're using them. If, you, if they're doing this for their job, they're using them pretty frequently as well. So again, durability, if I can get, you know, as I said, my oldest pack is 11 years old. Um, my current pack is, um, is coming up to sort of two years old now. Um, I think if I can get two to three years out of a pack, that would keep me happy. And if I can get longer than that, that's fine. Because 
I'm wanting to look at a trade-off between balance and weight, um, and with that comes durability issues. So I'd prefer to have something that's nice and lightweight, which maybe not last as long. And that brings us to cost. Now, cost of a pack tends to be one of those sort of things where you will get a huge range. You can buy packs that are around about the $500 mark. You can buy packs from the cheap discount stores that are under $100. And really, there's no right or wrong answer or price here. If the critical issue tends to be is the pack needs to feel comfortable. And if the cheapest pack on the market does what you want it to do and feels comfortable and feels the most comfortable, that's the one you should go for. Um, so work out the balance between the features, the durability, uh, the cost and what you're planning to use the pack for and try and, and hopefully that will give you maybe a handful of packs to think about, not the 100 or 200 or 300 types of packs that are available in the market and I'll make your choice a bit easier. And the reason that we've put cost last is that if you work through the other items uh, in our list, you'll find that you'll work out what you really need and in any price bracket, you will get at least most of those things. Uh, we all have a budget and we tend to start with budget and, and you know, uh, the cost of the item. But really, if you turn that around and start at the other end, there's sufficient uh, items, uh, product available on the market that whatever your budget, you, you're going to be able to get most of what you need um, for whatever budget you have. So really think about what you need first and then go looking for the, the, the things in the price bracket that you have um, and look to get as much as you can out of that price bracket. As we mentioned at the start of this episode, uh, here is our code word for this, uh, our first of our competitions, and the code word is HIKER. If you go to our Facebook page, uh, we have a post pinned to the top of the page that explains how to win some vouchers that allow you to purchase some equipment. This competition runs from the 25th of October 2017 and will finish and be drawn in our next podcast in two weeks' time on the 8th of November 2017. So we've talked about um, choosing a pack, and really that's just half the, uh, half the, the battle here. Choosing a good quality pack um, that has all the features that you want, um, if you choose something that doesn't fit and doesn't fit comfortably, then you're going to have an issue. So again, buying something that's on sale or buying something from a friend just because it's really cheap may not be the way to go. But if you've gone through and worked out that you've, this pack has got all the features that you want or these packs have got all the features that you want and you've said, yep, this is the one I'm going to go through and buy this pack, now you need to go through and make sure it fits correctly. Now, when you first start out in hiking, I would strongly suggest developing a good relationship with a local store. Uh, go into a number of stores in your area and hopefully if you're in a larger towns, you will have more than one to choose from. Talk to different people, see what they're like. And I find that this tends to be a bit variable. 
So living in Canberra, we've got, uh, I've lost track of the count of st- number of stores. There's at least sort of six or seven or eight stores in Canberra that we can go to. Uh, so we have lots to choose from. And I certainly have my preferences. And really, the preferences aren't so much based around what brands of gear they sell, but it's the quality of the device that they offer. Um, and I'll give you an example why this is. For a number of years, we used to go into store and buy uh, buy various pieces of equipment. And um, probably around about, um, uh, would have been 11 years ago, we went into a store, we bought a new pack, uh, we... Uh, walked out uh, with what we thought and what we were told was a pack that would fit us, only to find that it just didn't quite work. It just We just couldn't get it balanced. It, it was always lopsided. It didn't matter what we did with how we packed it. We persevered for a long time, though. We thought it was us. <laughs> um, and then uh, then sort of uh, going into a store where we got really good advice and we had a pack fitted correctly made a huge difference. Um, so... Now I've taken on the attitude that while I still will listen to the advice of the stores that uh, uh, that when you go in, it's nice knowing what to be looking for and nice to know what advice you're being offered. So we're going to look at going through and fitting a pack um, as a bit of basic overview. Now, if you're new to hiking, I would recommend going into a store uh, if this is your first pack purchase and, and getting it, it correctly fitted. Uh, but otherwise, um, if you're looking at buying online or you have a pack that you've got from somewhere and you want to make sure it fits and you, and you, and you don't want to go into a store and say, look, I've got this pack from somewhere else and I want you to fit it for me, they tend not to be too happy about that. Um, so looking at what the options are or what the, the, the process is for fitting a pack. And I think just on this one, there, there's all sorts of different adjustments that you can do to your pack. Um, and you know from uh the length of the the uh the torso uh the positioning of the um uh the hip belt the tightening of various different straps and um i i think sometimes we probably rely on uh perhaps over tightening certain aspects uh rather than a little bit of fine tuning on a whole bunch of different areas. Now, this tends to be a reasonably visual sort of process. So uh, we have a written article to go along with this, and we suggest you go online and have a look at that and either listen, either read the article or listen to this podcast in conjunction with looking at the photos. But really, from a point of view of fine-tuning your pack, uh, the steps tend to be as follows. Go through and put the pack on with the straps loosely adjusted, uh, so all of the straps loosened off. You do want to have around about sort of 7 to 10 kilos of weight in there. Otherwise, it's just not going to sit uh, like it will do when you're wearing it. And if you're wearing, if you're actually carrying much lighter loads than that, that's fine. Just put a, a, a lighter amount of weight in there. But if you put an empty pack on, it just doesn't quite adjust properly. The first step really is to go through and just loosely adjust the shoulder straps so the hip belt is in the correct position. And really, the middle of the hip belt should be sitting on the hip bone. What you don't want to do is have the hip belt sitting on top of your hip bone, uh, because that means you're actually going to be tightening your strap across the diaphragm, and this is where all your breathing comes from. Uh, And the hips is where you take uh, all the weight of your pack, not the shoulders. 
So adjust your hip belt so it's firm without being excessively tight. Then go through and adjust your shoulder straps. Now, the shoulder straps, again, shouldn't lift the hip belt off its position. So you're just taking it till all the slack is taken up. Once the shoulder straps are firm, um, and again, do this in small increments so you don't move the hip belt away, adjust the, clip up the sternum strap and adjust that. Now, the sternum strap on most packs is adjustable. It'll slide up and down the shoulder straps of your pack in most cases, or you might have different locking positions where you can undo it and move it down a notch or two. Um, it shouldn't be so high that it's cutting up under your throat, um, and generally you'll find it's going to be sitting, uh, that notch at the base of your throat, it's going to be sitting roughly about uh, 20 to 30 millimetres below that. But you'll find that each of us has a comfortable position. The sternum strap should be comfortable, um, but not overly tight. And really what a sternum strap does is stop your shoulder straps from slipping off. Your next strap, next adjustment is to go through and to cinch or to tighten the load lifter straps. And these are the straps up the top of the shoulder straps that got run to the top of the pack. And by tightening these up, it'll pull the pack in close to the body. And this is where you want it to sit. Now the load lifter straps approximately should be around about a 45 degree angle uh, when they're finished. Uh, so rather than being really loose, uh, you'll find it does quite make quite a bit of difference when you tighten them up. As a general thing with um, going through uh, and adjusting your, your pack, it's not a once-only thing. So once you've adjusted it and then you're an hour or two hours into your walk, you'll find things will have shifted down, uh, all the straps may have loosened slightly. So every time you take your pack on and off or every, uh, or every few hours, you probably should be looking at checking the straps just to make sure they're adjusted and they're comfortable. And I think if you're, you know, hiking in diff different types of weather, if it gets a bit wet and moist, you might think find that things loosen a little bit. Um, if it's quite hot and and you're heating up, you know, your body will expand just that little bit extra. Um, so you do need to be adjusting even when you're um, walking along or hiking along. Now, one thing I, might, I need to comment on here, and it's something that, um, I it, it sort of happened without me noticing, but and again, I suppose for someone who learnt or start first started hiking in the mid seventies, um, when we in the days of when we used external frame packs, so we had a hard frame that was outside the pack. It was always the general rule that the top of the pack was below head height, and this meant if you were going under branches or going through scrub, uh, it means that. If you could get your head underneath a, an area, you knew the pack would follow at the same level. It often surprises me that a lot of people have their packs so high these days that they're sitting six or eight inches uh, or you know, 200 odd millimetres above the top of their head. I don't know where this practice has come through, and certainly it's not as critical as it was when we had external frame packs, but I'm still a strong believer in having the top of the pack below the top of the head. And I must admit, you know, if you're going to be wearing a hat, it's a bit hard to wear a hat where, or a broad-rimmed hat at least, when the pack's over the top. So what I would suggest is if you need to have that pack 
that bulky or that, that high up, it may be worthwhile looking at going for a, a bigger pack. A larger with, volume. A larger volume that's actually deeper and wider and that'll actually keep the gear lower. And again, this comes down to center of gravity. The more compact a and lower the, 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 the weight of the pack is, uh, the more comfortable you're going to be. Yeah, and I think that's probably um, a little bit of a guide. If you can have the bulk of the size of your pack between your shoulders and your hips, that means that, you know, you're uh, carrying the weight as well as the volume um, more central to your body um, rather than in places where it might pull you backwards or push you f- or push you forwards. Okay, so that's uh, that's it for choosing and fitting a pack. As I said, really, this tends to be a very visual sort of thing. So particularly in regards to fitting the packs, we suggest you go to the written version of this article, which has photos associated with it. Um, we hope this has helped, particularly if you're a new hiker, to go through and minimize the mysticism behind why there are so many packs on the market. And again, one I suppose one last comment I would make there is, Certain stores carry particular brands, so you're not going to get every brand of pack in every store. Um, so obviously, if you walk into a store, they want to sell you a pack and they want to sell you a brand of pack that they carry. It is really worthwhile. This is a fairly important piece of equipment. Go into a number of different stores and try on different brands. You may find that what suits you or what suits your partner uh, or your friend doesn't necessarily suit the other person. Uh, so really it's a matter of personal preference and and individual fit. As always, this podcast is available from download through our website, through SoundCloud, through Stitcher Radio and through iTunes. Uh, and if you have a chance, please go through and rate us on iTunes to help get the message out there. Our next regular podcast in two weeks' time is going to be on women and hiking, and Jill's going to be the run behind the microphone for that one. (laughs) Yeah, so um, we'll be talking about all sorts of aspects related to women women hiking, and we'll have some bonus podcasts with uh, uh, interviews with women hikers as well. Okay, that's all for for this week. Bye from me. And bye from me.